Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 39 of Jordan and Drew, the sports crew, one away from 40. 40 is not the big one, though. 50 would be a big one, and then 52 the one year. A lot of big ones coming up weeks from now. I'm Jordan Lorenz, joined alongside the one and only Drew Skyberg, and here we are recording on a Sunday. I planned on, you know, watching some football, watching the college football thing, seeing what bowl games are announced. And it's snowing here in Manitowoc. Dish went out. I won't be watching anything. We're recording the podcast, Drew. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Snowing down here in Milwaukee too, Jordan. It's, oh, is it? It's a crappy day weather-wise in the city, and I'm sure it sounds like it is there in Manitowoc too. So, not really a good day to go outside. No, absolutely not. So here we are recording a podcast. A lot to discuss this week. We're going to lead things off. This is going to be fun. A little teaser for the end of the episode. Season four of trivia. I did it. I got them all set aside. We have the five topics. So last week, you went two of five in one of our specials. That was an NFL Thanksgiving trivia. It's pretty tough. I didn't expect you to do too well, but here we go. These are the five categories that are potentially going to be spun for at the end of the episode. Football video games prior to 2000. So we did basketball last time. Now we're going to do football. This next one you should like. MLB stadiums is topic number two. Topic number three, all-time college basketball statistics. So we're sticking with the all-time theme. This time, college basketball. Last time in the grab bag, we did defunct sports teams. This time, it's not the grab bag. It's a category by itself, defunct sports leagues. So any professional leagues of sports that were played in, that is that. And then this, finally, I have a true traditional grab bag where it is just five completely random questions, could be about anything. So, I mean, what is standing out here? We got some wild ones. I like the LV Stadium, so I think I'll do well in that. And I also, I like that random one, the grab big, just completely five random questions. I think that'll be really fun to do. Really got to really keep me, uh, I don't know, I just, anything goes. Yeah, keep me on my toes, off guard. That's a a true grab bag right there, and I finally was able to do one, so. We're going to get to that at the end of the episode. Obviously, if you are new, trivia is at the end of the episode. Now we got to get all our plugs out of the way. Jordan Drew underscore sports crew. Drew, we have a link tree now instead of our wave link. So if the people see on Facebook, which is Jordan Drew, the sports crew on our Facebook, we usually posted the wave link. You could listen right through there. Now this link tree, it has all of our links to everything. So it's got our YouTube. It's got our Facebook, our Instagram our Spotify, our Apple podcast, and I think it's got our email as well, but this will be our new tool basically for the people to be able to listen to the episodes. Exactly. It's, I, I like it more than the wavelength in terms of it just, it'll take you to our listening platforms and not like through that, that wavelength listening tool that they have applied with it. I think it's a lot better. And also, like you mentioned, it, it'll offer our Facebook too. So that's another thing that like we weren't able to do with the wavelength. So I'm looking forward to implementing this on our social medias and we already have it up also. So check it out. Yes, absolutely. It is brand new. It is looking spicy. Obviously if we're posting the link on the Facebook and you click the wave link and then you want to go to Facebook, something might be a little wrong up there in the head, but you know what? It's okay. We've got a bunch of other stuff on there. Hopefully you listen to it and use everything to its full potential. Let's get right into it. Shout out of the week. This is a big one. Grant Mons, 26 rebounds against New Holstein, setting an EWC conference record. We'll talk all about it in our EWC basketball. He'll beat New Holstein at 72-36. to 36. 
Mr. Mons nearly had as many rebounds as New Holstein did points. I mean, this is just unreal. First, we had Luke Pouts with 21, I believe, earlier in this season, first game of the year. And now we got Grant Mons with this. This kid is, this is something else. Yeah, talking with Robert at the start of the year, we did our our EWC boys basketball preview. Um, he was one of those players that that Robert was talking about to look out for, one of the sleeper guys. And, I mean, his brother Keenan Mons, we saw graduate. Now we got another Mons coming in. This one tw- averaging 20.7 rebounds a game this year to lead the conference. So, I mean, there's you, there are a lot of great things you can say about this guy. And he, he's been big for this Keeled Raider team so far after all the guys they lost last year. So it's great to see. Great to see them replenish kind of what they lost. Oh, yeah, they got a good little system moving on up and 20 rebounds. Obviously, it's a small sample size to start the year, but still, if he can keep that up and even get 15 or 12 a game, he's going to be in a great, great position for them. Let's move on. So coming up on the episode real quick, little preview. We're going to have our EWC basketball talk. We'll talk about the ships, boys and girls as well. Maybe throw some Luther in there. Boys and girls EWC obviously is the focused. Bucks. Maybe we'll mention once or twice, but not a whole lot to mention there besides the DeMarcus Cousins move. And then they got Wesley Matthews as well, right? They did get Wesley Matthews. We'll talk about that. So we will talk about that coming up. We will talk about Marquette and Badgers. We'll talk about college football and the playoffs coming up with all of the big things there. We'll talk about the most recent Brewers trade. Hockey talk is back. And we'll talk expectations for the Packers. A lot coming up on the podcast, but first an absolutely loaded stats of the week first one is not a good stat to hold russell wilson he has been just bad since his injury it's really the only way to put it on third down he's only completed 38 percent of his passes everyone talks about third down being the money down in the nfl if he stays with this or if he even gets worse he might set the new record currently he's second behind Mark Brunell in 2004 with 36%. So those are among qualified quarterbacks. It is just, I mean, do you have anything to say about Russ? This is just, if you have him on fantasy, drop him because he is just terrible. Yeah, it depends on how big the league is, I'd say, for dropping him. But okay, sure. just with his offensive line, I mean, not being the best in the past few years, and he's usually been some sort of magician, but like it's, I, I, didn't think that this time would be coming so soon. I mean, I mean, I know the injury, but like we've seen Wilson like struggle week to week basis now. And I, we've never, I've never seen him struggle like consecutive weeks like this. I don't think ever from his career. I mean, he's, he's so talented and it's just, it, it's a sad thing to see, of course, him coming from Wisconsin. It's just an interesting development over these past few weeks for Wilson. Hopefully he can get it fixed. I mean, he's no running game to help him out either. They, they have to go to Adrian Peterson off the practice squad too. That they signed him. him this week. Let's go. Yeah, and Alex Collins is the other guy, and those two have not been not been great options either. So he he does not have much help other than in Metcalf and Lockett are his two receivers. But it, it's an interesting thing going on in Seattle. Yeah, Metcalf has not been doing anything either. It's like Russ just doesn't even know he's there anymore. He's not targeting the guy at all, which is crazy for a guy like DK Metcalf. And let's move into this next one here, Nevada. State of Nevada joined New Jersey as the only states to accept over $1 billion in sports bets in a calendar month. Sports betting is hot in Nevada as it is moving up the ranks a billion dollars in a month. College basketball now moving years. We'll talk about some of the upsets. Ohio State beat Duke. Duke was number one. They beat Gonzaga last week. Ohio State upsets Duke. This was the first time in 10 years where Duke lost after leading by 10 or more points at the half. So there's an upset 
in the making as we who knows what could happen at tournament time but ohio state might be someone to look out for moving forward i'm sure everyone has seen this by now this might be the ultimate stat of the week memphis defeats oklahoma city 152 to 79 a 73 point margin of victory is the largest in nba history i don't know if you watched any of this game at all i don't know I if did. you watched highlights or anything but what what happened here they oklahoma must have given up at the half or something so Oklahoma is coming off of back-to-back, I believe, on the road. So usually when that comes in, you're already at a disadvantage. And I, Memphis had John Morant. John Morant was actually out during this game. He didn't play. And that, you, would, you would think he would be a part of this game if this were to happen. But it was, it was competitive for the first, I'd say, 10 minutes or so of the game. And then near the first end of the first quarter, a little run, when they went on and and just from there, the 10-point lead ballooned up to a 20, 20 to 30, 30 to 40, and it, it, it got out of hand. It, I mean, as you can see, wide-open layups, wide-open dunks. It was embarrassing for the Oklahoma City Thunder, but Shai Gilgis-Alexander also was out for the, um, the Thunder, I believe, so that, that was another factor. If you just take that in, you knew it was going to be a blowout. You just didn't expect it to be this much. Yeah, that's bad. I mean, that is bad, bad. There's no other way to put it. How about something happy, though? The Suns, they broke their franchise record for longest win streak with 18. Did they reach more than that? I know the Warriors just beat them, but did it get more than 18? I think I think it ended at 18. Okay, so yeah. I mean, either way, though, the Suns were hot for a period of time. They're looking to get back to the NBA Finals, maybe win it all this year. Utah, college football. They're the third team to beat the same opponent by 25 or more points twice in the same season since 1978. And to add to that, they're the first team to do it twice to the same AP-ranked opponent in a season. So big for Utah there. And now Alabama, they get two stats just because of how dominant they are. Nick Saban, their coach, first head coach to win three conference championship games as an underdog. So good for Nick Saban, I guess. Obviously, we'll talk college football. I was disappointed in championship weekend. Can't be disappointed in Bryce Young. Set a record for total yards and passing yards in an SEC title game. 461 total yards this kid had his Alabama roll tie baby they went all through Georgia and we'll talk about him coming up in college football as well I think he's the Heisman front runner but other than that let's move on on this day December 6 is our date today our first episode in December I mean we started this thing in March so we're getting closer to that one year anniversary on this day 1925 let's go back almost 100 years a record 73,000 people paid to watch the Bears beat the Giants 19-7 to on this day in 1956, Australian swimmer. David Thiele set a world record, one minute, two seconds, to win the 100-meter backstroke gold medal at the Melbourne Olympics. And Drew, I thought this one was fitting because College Athlete Spotlight, we just had a swimmer on. That was a fun episode. It was new. We've never done anything like it. You bet it was. It was episode six of Drew's College Athlete Spotlight we had on Gracie Streblo, Division One swimmer for University of Nebraska Omaha. So pretty big name, pretty big school, and she just taught. It was a great episode. Just listening to her talk about kind of what it was like going from this small population of nine sixty two in Valders to go to D one at Nebraska Omaha, just completely one eighty. And we learned a lot of great stuff about Gracie's swimming career, and it was a fun episode. So. I'd go check it out if I were you guys. And it was a very young swimming team, too. She was talking about that. I found it very interesting. So they'll be good for a while, it seems, once they get all their pieces together and figure it out. So on this day, 1960, the MLB American League grants American entertainer and businessman Gene Autry a franchise. 
franchise he got, the Los Angeles Angels. So that was on this day in 1960. Let's go 10 years later. On this day in 1970, the Cleveland Cavaliers have their first NBA home victory. As Listen to this team they beat. The Buffalo Braves, 108 to 106. Did you know the Buffalo Braves were a team? I've never heard of them. I did, and I think they, ooh, I don't know if they turned into the Wizards. I, I think there was. Okay. They might have. So um, don't quote me on that, but they, I do recognize that team name. Interesting. The Buffalo Braves. So maybe we'll look it up in a little bit and we'll figure it out. But I that's, I've never heard of them. So big win for the Cavs, their first home win. On the day, 1973, the NL votes to move the San Diego Padres to Washington, D.C., but it never happened. So the Padres did not move to D.C., just interesting that they voted it, but it never became a reality. Fifteen years later, on this day in 1988, all the Bucks fans are like this one, is the Milwaukee Bucks win their 1,000th game, and they were the second fastest franchise to do so in history. So good job for the Bucks getting to 1,000 on this day in 1992. San Francisco 49ers wide receiver Jerry Rice catches an NFL record 101, his 101st touchdown. They won that game 27-3 to over Miami, but Jerry Rice, 101 touchdowns. Speaking of, let's move ahead. Just three years ago, on the stay in 2018, Tennessee Titans running back Derrick Henry explodes. This is their words, not mine. Franchise record 238 yards. Four touchdown performance, including a 99-yard touchdown run. An absolutely huge win for Derrick Henry. And, I mean, that was a fantasy performance to be remembered back in 2018. Anything else to wrap things up? Yep, I got the correction. It was okay. it was the Baltimore Bullets who I was thinking of, who was the Wizards. They turned into it was Washington Bullets, then to the Wizards. Oh. Buffalo Braves were the Clippers is what oh, it was. Wow. So, yeah, I certainly wouldn't have guessed there, that. There so. you go. There's the clarification. My yes, apologies. Good, good correction to end things up. No need to apologize. I'm sure maybe one person out of the millions that listen to this actually figured that out. But otherwise, that is all, guys. And I think I can finally say, for the final time, we're going to listen to our stamps.com ad. And I know it's a little sad. We might not have any more ads moving forward. I don't know. We'll add right now. Since 1998, Stamps.com has been an indispensable tool for nearly 1 million businesses. Stamps.com brings the services of the U.S. Postal Service and UPS shipping right to your computer. Whether you're in office sending invoices, a side hustle on Etsy, or a full-blown warehouse shipping out orders, Stamps.com will make your life easier. All you need is a computer and standard printer. That's it. No special supplies or equipment. And within minutes, you're up and running printing official postage for any letter, any package, anywhere you want to send. You'll get exclusive discounts on postage and shipping from USPS and UPS. Once your mail is ready, just schedule a pickup or drop it off. No traffic, no lines. Cut the confusion out of shipping with Stamps.com's new Rate Advisor tool. You can compare shipping rates and timeliness to easily find the best option. Save money and time with Stamps.com. Guys, there's no risk. And with our promo code POD, you'll get a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus free postage and a digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. Just go to stamps.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, and type in P-O-D. One more time, our promo code is P-O-D at stamps.com. Never go to the post office again, thanks to stamps.com. All right, we are back here on the podcast. Cherish that one, because it might have been the last time. 
we shouted out stamps.com. Use that promo code P-O-D. Let's get right down to it. We were talking about high school basketball before. Let's get back into the swing of things. EWC boys conference action had begun. And it was all blocks. It wasn't even close. On December 2nd, the first conference games played. Brilliant beat Falls 68-31. Keel doubled the amount of points in New Holstein, 72-36. Roncalli walloped Chilton 77-27. And Valders beat TR 72-40. So coming up tomorrow, we've got four more conference games. If you're listening on Monday, it's tomorrow. But Tuesday, December 7th, Valders heads to Chilton. Roncalli heads to New Holstein. I'll be there calling that game. WOMT, me and Dan Franz, will be there on the call for that one. Keel is at Sheboygan Falls, and then Brilliant is at Two Rivers. So, all votes to start the season so far, Drew. We've got Brilliant, Keel, Ron Colley, and Valders sitting at 1-0. Basically what we expected, Two Rivers not doing the best, and Holstein down there. I mean, it's just basically what we expected so far. Small sample size, but it's good to know that you and Robert have been correct so far, and everything we've been thinking has been going to plan. You bet, and the one thing that's... It just bothers me that the first these first few games are going to be absolute blowouts because you see the top four teams, Brilliant Keel, Roncalli, Valders, and all four of their opponents are a, an opponent that's already been blowout, and they're, uh, and they're going to blow them out too. So this is going to be another week of another game or another night of blowouts, I should say. Tuesday night is going to be, I mean, Valders is going to blow out Chilton, Roncalli is going to blow out New Holstein, Keel's going to blow out Falls, and then um, Brilliant's going to blow out TR. So this is not going to be... Not going to be close. Not going to be fun. No, we have to wait until those top four dogs are going to play each other, and then it'll be then that's when it starts getting a lot of fun. But absolutely, um, just going through some stats, Jordan. Uh, we see number two on Robert's rankings, Luke Powitz, averaging twenty eight and seventeen so far. We see An unreal double double that he is yeah, a monster. Exactly, and you're gonna. I can't wait to hear what you could. You're all going to tell us about him Tuesday. I want to hear all about it. But we oh, see. Yeah. Lorenz then, Jeremy Lorenz, number one in Robert's rankings at 23 points a game with 13.7 rebounds. So he's playing great. Not not the numbers of pouts right now, but he's, he's still he's still a great player, of course. Pierce Arns, 17.3 points a game, a sophomore from Keel. Brady, Bodard, and Cole Hovey then both averaging 15 a game. And that, that's big because I know Cole Hovey is highly regarded and rightfully so phenomenal player, a junior and then Brady Bodart's also that that's great to see him number four. Many would have not expected that coming in the year, but when Brady Bodart's hot, he's hot. So he's a guy who can who can light light up some threes and when they, he gets threes in bunches. So if he's able, if he's in, locked and loaded, you're going to see him put up these numbers, averaging 15 a game. And like you said, with the small sample size, with only three games being played, that's that's happening right now. And hopefully he can keep it up, averaging around 15. But we'll have to see if that's sustainable. Four others. Yeah, yep. Go ahead. I was going to say, not a bad start to the season at all. It's one of those things where if he can keep it up, that's awesome. And if not, at least he's helping the team to start the year. Any other EWC comments? Yep. Uh, I want to talk about the assist leaders. Okay. We, see, we see Pierce Arns, 6.3 a game. Joe Witzak from Roncalli at 5 a game. And then Lorenz, 3.7. All these guys were mentioned in our EWC Boys preview. Every single one mentioned so far. So go check that out if you have not yet. Still, you can. Okay. It's still good. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Any of our podcasts. If you want to listen to the Summer Sports Spectacular, I don't care that it's winter. Go listen to the Summer Sports Spectacular. A lot of hours went into those bad boys, and oh, we didn't get the return on them, but that's all right. It was an experiment. So, staying for guys, real quick, Manitowoc Lutheran, they ended up losing to Howard's Grove. I called that game. And then on Saturday, ships improved to 2 and 1 
on the year. They defeated a Milwaukee Carmen school who I believe shot about 53s in the game. I mean, they were a three point team. They just put it up there. That was like, who did we do last year? The Lutheran game. Who did they play with? Mishikot puts up threes. Yes, it was Mishikot last year. That was basically the same strategy there. Ships beat Milwaukee Carmen. Mattis Tapirak, 25-point second half. He came unglued. Ships now have a very tough schedule ahead of them, including the likes of Bayport, the Pier, along with Madison Memorial, and Sussex Hamilton. So they've got some tests coming up. Do the Lincoln Ships. We'll keep an eye on it. Let's move to girls basketball, unless you have any other comments for the guys. Let's go to girls. Girls basketball, Lincoln Ships girls, they won their first game of the year. They beat Green Bay East. Drew, you will not believe this, at the half, the Ships were up 41-12. to 12. Wow. Unreal. The Ships beat Green Bay East 76-23. to 23. Ships probably going to be their highest point total of the year, but, I mean, it's one of those things where you're going to take it when you can get it. Green Bay East is struggling, to say the least. They're all... 0-5 on the year, and they're, they're just not putting up points. I mean, it's it's kind of pathetic, but I'm going to read them off. They put up six points in their first game of the year. Six points. Second game of the year, they lost 92-11. to Third game of the year, they put up 23 against the Ships. And then they put up 14-16. and 16. So, not to take anything away from the Ships, but they just played a team that really couldn't put up any points. So, there was that. But the Ships girls get their first win of the year. EWC girls, Roncalian Falls, still looking for their first conference wins. Four teams are tied up at one and one. Brilliant New Holstein, Chilton, NTR, all one and one. Then it's Keelan Valders sitting up top at two and oh. Big ones there. I'm pretty sure Valders just beat Roncalli recently. And I know there was another big game that happened as well. I'll go into it. We saw the game of the year, or candidate for game of the year for girls basketball already take place. Brilliant played Keel, and that's, that's arguably going to be come down to the end, that's going to be the game when they play again for conference. We saw Keel get the dub 52-47 and that's big for big for the Keel Raiders coming in, beating beating Brilliant and just because with, with Brilliant, I mean, we know about Schumann and just the overall great group of juniors they have go, they have there and losing this game because they were projected I mean, number one, we had them on the conference kind of team to beat and Keel is a challenger. We kind of saw the challenger win this one and I mean, we still, I think at the end of the day, I think this brilliant team is the better team, but Keel is, wow, they, this was a statement win for the Raiders and just looking down the stats and Corn Fromm's averaging 15.7 a game for them. And then with brilliant Schumann, of course, is not disappointing, 19.6 a game for her. And, but yeah, that was great. And I want to talk about Valors too, a little bit, Jordan, because we Go saw this Valors team had a lot of questions coming in. We, they got blown out by some tough non-con games to start, and they've kind of answered that very nicely, uh, coming like with a win against TR, which was a team that was projected better than them. I mean, be- beating them was big, and this Valors team is starting to look more of like a top four, top three team in the conference than they were looking, let's say, at the start of the year. It's impressive what Coach Eric Otto has been able to do with this group of girls he has, and it's looking great right now for the Vikings. Great things for the Vikings. As you said, tonight's two girls games tonight. If you're listening on Monday, Sevastopol heads to Ron Collier's. Ron Collier looks for their second win of the year, non-conference, obviously there. Another non-conference game, always a fun one. Two Rivers heads to Manitowoc, Lincoln. So TR and Lincoln renew their rivalry. 
big game over at the JFK. That'll be a fun That'll one. That'll be good, yeah. That'll be a good one. I mean, TR and Lincoln, it was always they used to play each other, boys and girls first game every year, but that basically wraps up our high school, unless you had any other final thoughts. Uh, that's all we got. That is all we got. There were a few games on Tuesday as well, but we were just focusing on the games taking place here tonight on Monday. Let's move up from high school to college, college basketball. Alabama upset Gonzaga, the three seed, and Ohio State upset um, Duke, the one seed. So it's still early in the year. However, Gonzaga suffered two losses, one of them a big upset to Alabama, one of them the loss to Duke. Are you concerned about the Zags at all right now, or are these just kind of early losses that you can just chalk it up to just new experience, new players, not meshing well? I think it is because at the end of the day, I mean, you just got to get in the tournament, Jordan, and they're going to be in the tournament. So I, I'm not worried. I I love watching that team. Of course, Chet Holmgren. I mean, it's got to be mentioned. Guy. Great guy to watch. He's so fun. To, Timmy, of course. But that Alabama team with a statement win, and that'll be a fun game if we can get one of those in March for the tournament. That'll be some madness, let's say. Some madness, pun intended, fully. Right there, Wisconsin Badgers, the biggest game of the year. I don't care what anyone says. Wisconsin Marquette's always the biggest game. Marquette goes down. Wisconsin improves Ooh. to a beautiful 7-1 and one on the year, an 89-76 win. It was very close at the half, 34-31. And then in the second half, Badgers put up 55 points. I mean, you've got some guys who are scoring. Brad Davison from that corner three. It is a thing of beauty. The way he's just able to catch and release just like that. In transition, they set him up so well. Johnny Davis, 25 points, leading the way. Crowell and who else had 15? Hepburn had 15 as well. So they were just scoring, and that's really all that mattered for Marquette. They didn't have anyone step up too much. Justin Lewis had 14. He was getting called for offensive fouls, so he didn't play as aggressive as he could have. Igodario and Marcel both had 11, but other than that, it wasn't a whole lot. You were at the Panther game when this took place. So you can talk about your experience at the Panther game and then talk about the bits you saw about this one and how disappointed we are in our Golden Eagles. Well, I want to start with the Marquette-Wisconsin game because I actually, the game, our game got done pretty early compared to our game started a half an hour ahead too. And I was able to watch a timeouts and stuff at halftime. I was actually able to catch a good chunk of this game, I'd say. I was able to probably watch out of the 40 minutes of play. I probably watched 25 minutes of it. So it's not like I was not able to watch a lot of it, but maybe 20, 25. So I was able to watch over half at least. So it was good to watch this Marquette team, of course, but not in the way they played today. Um, I really was hoping Marcel would have played on Davis more. It was considering I mean, with his credentials, Big Ten Defensive Player of the Year last year. I mean, that was kind of guy you had to stop in Davis, but he was making some tough shots too. So you got to give credit where credit's due. Um, Justin Lewis, he had... 14 team by 14 points, but um, the turnovers really killed this team. Um, we saw Wisconsin's tough defense kind of take over. Uh, Lewis had six of the 13 Golden Eagle turnovers. That was big um, in itself. And more seldom step up in the way I thought he would have with only 11 and seven. And then, yeah, Oso Iguodaro, he's the guy who stepped up today. Loving a game. I really like watching him play. He's one of those guys that Coach Shaka Smart brought in and just overall. Not really a great showing for Marquette. I thought it would have been a closer game. It was the first half, 34-31. I thought we were going to see something like that down the down the line too, but they pulled away, and that Badger team, they're a lot better than people thought, and including myself. So credit where credit's due. Badgers played a great game, and they got a great win on a Saturday. But I'll go to the UW-Milwaukee game now, Jordan. Go for it. You know it. what they, they described it as? Bombs away for Patrick Baldwin <sighs> Jr. and the Panthers. Well, 
they played 0-6, now 0-7, Robert Morris, and they were coming in at 1-6. So wasn't really um, – some people were calling it toilet bowl, which was kind of oh, tough boy. to hear. But um, Patrick Baldwin Jr., he, he was out for three games, and which I'll, I'll talk about. There might be a Milwaukee-themed episode coming Wednesday, just just a hint. But um, I was, let's just say I was sitting courtside at the game Thursday, and um, now watching the game Saturday last week, it was – he, Baldwin's been out, but finally PBJ is back and um, 77-69 victory over Robert Morris. It was on ESPN and you, Jordan, so it was nationally televised, yes, which is great to that see. Is a, that's big for them. Really was. And other guys I want to highlight, Josh Thomas came off the bench 19. He played well in their homecoming game against Eastern Kentucky. Freshman Donovan Newby scored a career-high 16. He's going to be a guy who's going to be big down the stretch for Milwaukee in years to come, too, if he stays, hopefully. Then also Joey St. Pierre. Um, he struggled really offensively, but he had eight rebounds and four block shots. So that was good to see. Just three pointers were, were big. PBJ six for six from three, 14 of 25 from the three point line for the this team. And it was really more. Robert Morrison had this uh, two three zone there running. It wasn't working. It was, they, they were able to find the soft spots in the zone, put PBJ on a guy or break the zone basically. And that's, that's all you needed. So that was kind of he was the difference maker this game. He really was the X factor and he's, he was a lot of fun to watch. You bet there's PBJ chance. There's an Instagram post of me, um, actually uh, high-fiving PBJ. So I, I mean, if you guys want to check it out, it's on the Milwaukee Instagram page. So I'd go check it out, but good win for this team, but they have tough schedule coming up. Jordan, they have, they go to Colorado face the Buffaloes and then Rhode Island's coming to the Panther arena coming up. So it'll be a tough schedule for the Panthers. Yeah. Yeah, that's going to be tough. Rhode Island, that'll be a fun one, though. And I just wanted to say real quick for UW-Green Bay, they did win their first conference game of the year. It was their first conference game, and they won it. They beat Robert Morris. So a nice win at the Rush Center for the Green Bay Phoenix. Now we move up. We did high school, we did college, now to the Milwaukee Bucks. They, they've they got two guys now. So they got Boogie, they got DeMarcus Cousins coming over. I thought Brooke Lopez was coming back. Did he, like, have a step back and something bad happened? Or were oh. the... Yeah, he had back surgery, and there is optimism. He might, he might be out for the rest of the year, Jordan. It, it oh, could be that serious. No. This is big. Oh, boy. Uh, it's really serious. Yeah, so that is not good for Brook Lopez. Hopefully, DeMarcus Cousins, how, how has he been? Has he been doing all right? Or He's been doing well, Jordan. We've seen him kind of come off the bench, but he's, he's fitting in that Bucks role. I mean, he's playing, he's playing good team basketball, and that's kind of what you ask out of a veteran like him. And then Wesley Matthews, they're adding him to this team. I don't know really where this move came from or why they did it. Do you know like what's the what's the reason? Just a little more depth? Yeah, exactly. Here, um, the guy who they waived was Yorgios Kalidakis. We talked about him. Clay Taylor, especially the Bucks believer, was on. We talked that was the guy, main guy we talked about, kind of as an interesting guy, along with Mamu Kelshvili, um, with him because he was the last pick of the draft and just he hasn't really gotten a lot of play time, and they just kind of he, he's a long term project, so they decided to waive him and just kind of focus on right now and get a guy who can make an impact right now instead of a project for a few years. So Wesley Matthews was the guy they went to kind of a homecoming. Now again, yeah, round back. two considering he went to Marquette, then he came back or, and then had first homecoming now homecoming number two. So he, he was averaging 4.8 points and 1.6 rebounds while averaging or while shooting 35% from the field. So he'll, he probably won't start, um, but he'll kind of fit. Um, they kind of, they say he's going to fit, Pretty a pretty solid um, guy off the wing, but you got to think about the depth that's already there. I mean, it's kind of crowded right now. Like you right. mentioned, where is he going to fit with Middleton, Allen, Connaughton, and Hill? So 
it'll be interesting. And then you look at him, he'll probably he'll probably fit more with the guys like Rodney Hood, Thanasis Antetokounmpo. You'd see him more in that role than um than with those guys. So we'll we'll see less of him than we saw a few years ago, but we'll still see him, I think. Good. Good to hear. So the Bucks second in the Central and now third in the Eastern Conference, sitting at 15 and 9. I mean, they've been doing pretty good. Giannis didn't play the other night and they got a 20-point win, 22-point win over the Heat, so that is not bad at all. But overall, this Bucks team, they're pretty busy moving up. They've got the Cavs tonight, and then they play the 8th, 10th, 12th, 13th, 15th, 17th, 18th. Schedule wow. certainly heating up for Milwaukee. They've got a lot of games coming up. We'll keep an eye on them. And, Drew, if you have a timer up, you are ready to time me for my two minutes. It is time for hockey talk. You give me the go, and I'll right. get right into it. Three, two. One, go. Hockey talk here on the podcast. Jordan Lorenz is the Minnesota Wild. They're still sitting pretty on top. 17-6-1. They're doing beautiful in the Central Division. The Blues are behind them with 12 wins. Predators 13. Avalanche 12 as well. As do the Stars. I mean, it's competitive back there, but the Wild have a nice lead. They've won six games in a row. This team is hot. Kirill Kaprizov is doing un- things that are just unhuman-like. I mean, he's been so hot for this team, doing everything right. In the past eight games, six goals and 11 assists, 17 points in eight games for Kirill Kaprizov. You just can't say enough good things about the man. Panthers and Maple Leafs, they're tight in the Atlantic, 17-4-3. The Panthers, 17-6-2, are the Maple Leafs. As for the Metropolitan Division, it's the Caps, Rangers, and Hurricanes all sitting up there. Pacific has Flames and Oilers. I mean, it's pretty close with all the guys there, but the real team is the Wild right now. One of the hottest teams in the National Hockey League. Kaprizov leads the team in points with 29. They also have Ryan Hartman, who's got over 20. He's got 21, 13 of those 21 points being from goals. Obviously, Kaprizov has 20 assists on the year, which is just something else. Then you got Sukarel with 18 points. Felino and Gillespie with 16 each. 10 goals on the season for Felino. 14 of the 16 points for Gillespie come by way of the assists. So that's great to see. How much time do I got left? You got 35. 35 seconds. Perfect. We're just going to look at the hockey league as a whole right now. Alex Ovechkin, 20th goal of the year. He now hits 750 career goals. Alex Ovechkin is doing beautiful on the season. Third in the whole league in goals. Connor McDavid is second. And Drostel with 43 is sitting up at first place. Connor McDavid, just one goal behind him. Jake Gottinger is the best goalie right now for the Dallas Stars, allowing just 1.41 goals per game. But it's Jacob Markstrom, five shutouts. For the Calgary Flames, and that's hockey talk for this week. Pretty good, Jordan. Hold on, one. There's your two minutes. So awesome. There. That's Beautiful. Good. Not bad at all. That was our hockey talk. So uh, the Wild are hot. I mean, that's basically the story, and we absolutely love to see it. Brewers. All we got to mention is this trade because if you haven't listened to the free agency special, Drew, you want to talk about that real quick? What you ended up doing last Friday? Yeah, we'll talk about it. I want a little bit. There's a little backstory with the two. Uh, Justin Brenner from the UW Milwaukee Post came on with me to talk some some Brewers offseason and MLB offseason in general. And it was a lot of fun. We had a lot of good stuff to talk about. We went through signings. I asked him what his thoughts were. I, I of course, gave my thoughts. And, and we can kind of do it now with the lockout. So we mentioned kind of the lockout, too, and what's next for baseball. So it, it was everything. I mean, all baseball offseason was just in one episode. So I'd go check it out. And also, he's actually doing an interview right now. Um, He's, he's recording um, an episode about our podcast, Jordan, and myself. So that'll be actually out on YouTube in a few weeks. I'll see if we can air it, too. So just Absolutely. let you know, 
let the audience know we might have something coming our way. That would be huge for us. We would love to have it. The more exposure, the better, right? We will take every penny we can get. We're not getting paid. I guess I shouldn't have said that. That's not the best way to put it, but we'll take every little dime we can get. So let's move on to the Brewers. They made the trade. JBJ is gone. We can wake up now as Brewers fans, knowing we don't have to deal with Jackie Bradley Jr. any longer. Also, got rid of two prospects, David Hamilton, Alex Panayas, both of them gone. We got ourselves Hunter Renfro, a guy topped 30 home runs in each of his past two full seasons, set a career high with 96 RBIs in 2021. This is a great, great move for the Brewers. And honestly, we didn't have to give up a whole lot for it. I know we gave up two good prospects, but still at the end of the day, prospects are hit or miss. I would rather take the immediate signing with Renfro, who unless he pulls a Christian Yelich and has a massive slump, we know he's going to be just fine. Exactly, Jordan. Brewers, they shed $10 million in the deal. That was kind of a one thing. Save money. And, of course, there's a lot to like about Hunter Renfro's bat. And I always, if you guys know me, I like using, we like using batted ball data here. We like baseball savant. So I actually talked about this on that episode, but I'll just highlight some of the big things again. 97th percentile max exit velo, 88th percentile barrel percentage. And then 84th percentile unexpected slugging. And plus he was gold glove finalist last year. There's, there's just so much to like about this and how I explained it. We'll kind of, we'll see him fit in at either right and right and left. He'll be a corner outfielder. He's a better version of Avi Garcia is when we look at it and it, it's going to be a great acquisition. I think we're going to see the universal DH so we can see Christian Yelge DH. We could then see Tyrone Taylor play a corner outfield spot because let's face it. Yelge isn't the same defensively as he once was, which is okay. Hopefully we can get him on that offensively offensive track that he was once on. And I think if you run Yelch at a universal DH, I think I like this lineup. I really do. Can't say too much bad things about it, especially when you got our pitchers. And I had one more thing. I didn't put it in the stat of the week, but let's take a look at the stat right now. I'm going to pull it up. It was just about the numbers. The Mets, they're going to pay Jacob DeGrom and Max Scherzer a combined 80 plus million in 2022. The Brewers, they'll pay Brandon Woodruff, Corbin Burns and Freddie Peralta, a projected 13 million in 2022. So I was talking about this with someone the other day. We are going to have decision time to come up when we have these guys not on these mini deals anymore. They're all going to get massive contracts. We're just going to keep one. I mean, we can't possibly let them all walk and we aren't going to have the money to keep them all. So just right now, what are your thoughts on coming up for the future with this team's pitching? I think we can keep one probably unless you have some other idea. Yeah. It depends how they are competing. Like if they're competing, they might because their arbitration years when they run out is basically when they're going to hit free agency. Also depends with the CBA, Jordan, what if they change the arbitration years, they could, they could certainly, that could be a thing that happens. So there's a lot of factors. We got to look into it, but I think if let's say they all end the season as Milwaukee brewers and they all hit free agency as former brewers, you, I think you signed two of them. I think you, one one's going to walk because I don't think there's the capital to make a move for all three. I would think, um, I don't know. Woodruff just seems like a hometown guy. I, I feel like he loves it here. I think he'd stay. Um, I don't know. I would say Burns too. I think Peralta might be the one. I mean, if you were to let one walk, I think Peralta would be the one you let walk. But I think Peralta would have the less, like, I mean, he'd be the cheapest financially if we yeah, look at definitely. it value-wise. So. It, it certainly will be tough for Matt Arnold and David Stearns when that time hits. And thankfully, I'm not the one making that decision. Oh, absolutely not. I've, that's what I was going to say, though, is Peralta is the cheapest out of the three. Not that he's bad by any stretch of the imagination, but 
if you could bundle like Burns and Peralta to get them or even Woodruff keep them, it's just going to be weird to see those guys in separate jerseys if we get to that point in time. Let's move on. We went from high school to college to pros with basketball. We're going to start with the professional level for football. So Packers had a bye week this week. The Lions, as we're recording, are beating the Vikings. They might actually win their first game of the year. They always seem to find a way to blow it, though. Bears are a little bit behind on the Cardinals. Jets were doing good, and then they kind of just plummeted. Bengals are down big. Now they're coming back. So the Packers, that's what we're here to discuss. Expectations for the rest of the season. Next Sunday. This Sunday, I guess I should say. December 12th. Sunday Night Football. Packers and Bears should be a rather easy win for the Packers team. Off the bye, Rodgers getting to rest his toe. Aaron Jones, he'll be back too, I would assume. Close to 100%, if not fully recovered. Then we got back-to-back afternoon games, December 29th, and then on Christmas. So on the 19th, they flexed to this Ravens game, 2-3-25. That'll be a big one as we play Lamar Jackson, who threw four interceptions against the Browns, who only could put up 10 points against it. Packers certainly won't be doing that. But then we got the Browns on Christmas at home at Lambeau. Then we have a night game, January 2nd. I believe that is a that is a Sunday night game. So it's another Sunday night game as we host the Vikings. And then January 9th, a noon game against the Lions to end the season. We're looking at this team. Aaron Rodgers, he's still playing just fine, even with the toe injury. Devontae Adams is looking good. A.J. Dillon, I have a stat about him. So again, another one I didn't put in the stat of the week. I kept it here. I don't know if you saw this one or not, but A.J. Dillon's first 203 NFL touches, he has 1,067 yards. Derrick Henry, in his first 203 NFL touches, had 993 yards. I'm not saying A.J. Dillon is the next Derrick Henry, but he has been looking good. He has been stepping up for this team. They've certainly been using him to his full potential, I would say. Hopefully we do get Aaron Jones back. He's that great pass-catching back we have on the team. Defense has been looking good, besides obviously the first game of the year, and then that Vikings game didn't do too well. But Bears, Ravens, Browns, Vikings, Lions, I think we could probably win five of the six, if not win them all in the rest of the year. I'm curious for your thoughts. Yeah, with these games, because I mean, I'm looking through it, Jordan. We have five games left, I think, right? Because we have 12, 17 games total. Play yes. twelve of them, so I'd say. Oh yeah, I said that wrong then. Four, I, I'd say you can win four of the five, maybe all five. I think we could see a slip up against the Ravens is one that stands out to me. I don't think you lose the Vikings two times in this and in the same season, and then the Browns one maybe on Christmas. It just I don't. Not I think the way that's Baker's playing. Yeah, that's why I think they win that one. Of course, the Lions on the ninth. I'll be there, so hopefully they can win that one. But oh, you are there. That's confirmed. Uh, that it is confirmed. Yes. Tickets were bought. Beautiful. That's so, awesome. It'll be fun. But yeah, I'm looking. I totally agree with you, Jordan. So now it's just a matter of if they're going to be able to get that one seed or not. It comes down to the Arizona Cardinals who have DeAndre Hopkins, have Kyler Murray back. I know the Packers will be getting some guys back. Hopefully we finally get Bakhtiari back after the bye. That will definitely help Rodgers as then he won't have to run as much. We'll get Jair Alexander and the likes of those back on the defensive end. But do you think the Packers will end up at the end of the day with the one seed and the first round by? I think so. I, I do. Okay. I think they. I think they have the schedule with the remaining schedule. I think is in their favor. I haven't looked at the Cardinals' schedule, but I'm sure they have tougher games than playing like the Bears and the Lions. But maybe, maybe not. Um, but Packers have the tiebreaker over the Cardinals. We have to value that too. Absolutely. So I got Packers. I think at taking that one seed. 
and obviously, yeah, like you said, that big Thursday night win when we did beat the Cardinals, huge. Cardinals schedule coming up. They've got the Rams on Monday Night Football. The way Matthew Stafford's playing, though, that's not a good look. Then they have the Lions. They will destroy the Lions. The Colts, that could be interesting. Colts and then Cowboys after them and then Seahawks to end the year. So it's a middle of the road. I would say a little tougher than ours because they've got the Rams, Colts, and Cowboys all thrown in there. But yeah. other than that, we're just going to have to wait and see for them. So anything else? Or are we talking college? Let's go to college. I was so disappointed in championship weekend. I mean, it's we had Georgia and Alabama, right? I knew if Georgia won, Alabama would be gone. And before this game, we saw Oklahoma State lose the five seed. Oklahoma State lost to Baylor. 21-16, they had a 99-yard drive or something like that, stopped on fourth and one. Baylor stopped and won the game. So I was like, awesome, the five seed lost. Now if we could have Alabama lose, get them out of the top four. Then if we would have had Michigan lose, who knows what would have happened. Three seed and four seed and five seed all lose. They would have been forced to basically put Notre Dame in the playoffs. Maybe they would have thrown Baylor in there for beating the five seed. I'm sure they would have put Ohio State in it, but... We don't get any of that excitement. The five seed loses. The four seed in Cincinnati got the job done. 35-20 win over Houston. Michigan won the Big Ten Championship. Not even close. 42-3. to This is like the days when Wisconsin would play Ohio State and just get creamed in the championship game. Wasn't close there. And then Alabama beat Georgia. 41-24. That was the big one. And we now know the college football playoffs. We know the big six. Also, the New Year's Six, as they are called. We know all of those as they are happening, but we're going to touch on the big ones right now, which indeed is the college football playoffs. So let's get right to it. The one seed is Alabama. No surprise. They are a 13.5 point favorite over the four seed Cincinnati. Obviously, I do think Alabama will win, but do you think they're disrespecting Cincy? Uh, no, because... and. It, it, it's an easy of that as an answer because this is Alabama team. Look what they did to Georgia last week. It's it's tough because Cincinnati, you can say the schedule, you can only beat who you play, and they've done that. But it just this will be certainly a test. I'm really glad the college football playoff committee, they're giving us at least the opportunity to watch a game like this so we can we can see what it's like. And I don't know. I think I think Alabama's got this one. I, I think two scores is a fair, fair prediction to make. Okay, I it's just right out of the gate. It was like, whoa, when I saw that. I do have another thing here. So on the 2nd of December, I saw this tweeted. Overall opponent record. Cincinnati's opponent record, 58-72. and 72. Alabama's was 77-65. and 65. So right out of the gate, that's huge right there. Then we've got Georgia playing Michigan. So the Cotton Bowls, Alabama and Cincinnati, that's the afternoon game. Obviously, they always save the better game for the night, which is the Orange Bowl. Hard Rock Stadium, Miami Gardens, Florida, Georgia, and Michigan, Georgia. Opponents were 74 and 68 on the air. So not the best, but certainly serviceable. And Michigan's were 73 and 71. So Alabama, I mean, 77 and 65. They had the toughest schedule, just judging from what happened here. And they're still arguably one of the best teams. And now we just got to look at what's going to happen. And I think it's, I don't want to say it's obvious, but I think. All roads lead to a Georgia-Alabama rematch in the national championship. I'm in agreement with you, Jordan. I think it's okay. as easy as that. I, barring Michigan playing a game of their life and making it, but I think Alabama's a lock in the game. And, yeah, I think I think unless – I don't know. I think Alabama beats Michigan, too. I think 
I don't know. I think this is going to be wild. That's all I know. Well, and I know for sure that Georgia will make their adjustments. They'll be ready for Alabama again on the rematch. Is Bryce Young at this point a lock to win the Heisman? I think he has to be. I would agree, barring maybe there's just looking through some other candidates. Maybe not, but with the performance and the conference championship, I think he's got to be certainly the favorite. 4,322 passing yards, 43 touchdowns on the year. I mean, compared to Cade McNamara for Michigan, 2,470 yards with 15 touchdowns, not even close. So it's, I know that's just Michigan, but still, that's a number two seed in the country. And they've got Hassan Haskins, 20 touchdowns, 261 carries for almost 1,300 yards. But that's what we got for those. The Chick fil A Peach Bowl is going to be Michigan State against Pittsburgh. So we know that one. And I mean, we've got the other New Year's Six ones, but really not a whole lot else to discuss. Drew, we are going to be doing a college bowl game predictions challenge. It's going to be wild. We're not going to do it on the podcast. We wouldn't have time. We're going to predict every single bowl game. Obviously, we don't know a whole lot about all of these teams, but we know enough for the ones we need to. We're going to go down the line, pick each and every one of them. Just a little thing we'll do for fun. We'll keep you updated on the podcast. And coming up this Friday, fingers crossed, college bowl game preview show with Johnny Tim. That's going to be a lot of fun as long as we make it work. Exactly. And I want to add one more thing, Jordan. Looking through some a, a bowl game predictor right now, an article done. Um, we're predicting the prediction right now is we'll see Wisconsin in the Outback Bowl New Year's Day against Arkansas is what they're predicting, which would be interesting that it's in Tampa then. And you get New Year's Day bowl games. So. Oh, wait, wait, wait. I have breaking news. I just looked it up. Wisconsin, they accept the invitation to play Arizona State in the Las Vegas Bowl on December 30th. So they just, okay. So I've seen this reported by Madison.com, Arizona Sports, and the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. Awesome. So So not my prediction. Yep. Throw my prediction or projection out of the window because we got, we have the live news coming in while we record. Love it. So Wisconsin and Arizona State, that will be the matchup there and that seems winnable but i mean who knows with this badger team it'll just be good to get another bowl game in do you have any other final thoughts before we get to trivia no let's get to trivia the wheel is spinning right now maybe it'll land on drew's choice it did drew's choice you get to pick the first one i can go over the categories again if you would like mlb stadiums i feel too good about it okay and all right so let's get right into it there it's not like stadium names, you know. There's just some interesting stats about them. Stadium names can come later. We've got so many other things. But let's get to it. What is the oldest MLB stadium? It would be Fenway Park of 1912. Yes, absolutely. It is. Wrigley Park is a close second 1914. for 1914. Yep. But it is not indeed the oldest. Now, do you know the newest MLB stadium? Yep. It's going to be Globe Life Park or whatever it's called. And that's in Arlington. Yes, Gold Life Field is the actual name, but we'll give it to you. Two of two start. Two of two start. Next question. I can give you some options if you are needing it for this one, but which stadium has the biggest capacity? Okay. Um, You can have a free guess, and then if you get it wrong, I'll give you options. Okay, I'm going to say like active stadiums. Yeah. I'm going to say Dodger Stadium. That is indeed correct. I thought that's where you would go. I didn't think you would need them. Perfect three of three star. You're already doing better than you did last week. Now, next question. Getting a little bit tougher. 
Which stadium has the largest distance to center field? Ooh, um, I, I don't. I don't think I need options, but is there a chance for options for this one? Because I think it's. Yeah, we'll, we'll do the same thing. It's going to be Chase Field in Arizona. It is not. It's not. Okay. So, it is not Chase Field. So that was your first strike. Your next option is it going to be Coors over in Colorado? Is it going to be Comerica, or is it going to be the Angels? Comerica. It is Comerica. 420 feet is theirs. Coors is 415. Close second. And then there's a trio of other stadiums with 410. I didn't list it, but it's kind of close. So Comerica is indeed the correct answer. Final question. How many ballparks have artificial turf? Is it three ballparks, five ballparks, or eight ballparks? Okay, well, I'm going to try to name some here with my logic. Um, I'm going to go Toronto's one, Tampa's one. Uh, okay, my two. So matter of if there's one more or if there's three more. I'm going to say three. It is not. It's actually five. five. So it is five with the artificial turf. Really no shame, though, and going in a four of five performance. Make you six of ten here to start season four of trivia. We love a good Drew's choice. I mean, that's awesome for it to land on that for the first time. Four of five, nothing wrong with that. So that wraps up our episode. 39 was stacked. We covered a lot here today, and you can show yourself out if you got nothing else. Yeah, you guys know the drill. Drew Skyberg at D-R-E-W-S-K-Y-B-E-R-G, Instagram and Twitter. So we are on Instagram, Jordan Drew underscore sports crew. Facebook, Jordan and Drew the sports crew. And YouTube, Jordan Drew the sports crew there as well. Maybe another three-episode week. Might have an episode on Wednesday covering some UW-Milwaukee Panthers. And then we might have, I'm, I would say 99% positive, we will have our college bowl game preview show coming up on Friday. That'll be me, Drew, and Johnny Tim. A fun little episode there. Probably half an hour, something around that. But otherwise, that's all we got. Thank you all for listening. Episode 39 of Jordan and Drew the sports crew. The perfect podcast for you.